In this episode, I talk with Catherine Parento, who is a former Division I tennis player and current professional pickleball player. Catherine has some great tips on training both on and off the court. She covers how to choose doubles partners, how to scout opponents, and the physical and mental methods she uses to maximize performance. So let's get to the intro so we can hear more from Catherine. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the podcast, Catherine Parento. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, you're really a well-known name in pickleball already. I know after probably not playing for, actually, what I should say is you're actually a well-known player already, and you haven't been playing in the tournaments too much so far. So I just wanted to go ahead and start a little bit with your background of how you got involved in pickleball and how you started playing tournaments. So I was a tennis player at Michigan State University a few years ago. And I don't know if you've heard of Simone Dardim, who is currently the best pickleball player in the world. Back then, she was my coach, my head coach at Michigan State while I was playing under her, for her. And my fifth year, so you're only eligible to compete for four years. And I stayed for an extra year. So on my fifth year, I couldn't compete anymore. But I was part of the coaching staff and uh, being part of the coaching staff, you know, which it meant that I couldn't compete anymore or I, the only thing I could really do is play with the girls, you know, practice with them, help Simone out. And one day she noticed how much I was missing competing. And one day she, she told me, she said, Catherine, you should try this sport called pickleball. And I, I looked at her and I was like, what is pickleball? And, you know, why would I try that? And so I was, I gave, um, I mean, it happens to a lot of people when I tell them I play pickleball, they're kind of like wondering what it is and they find a name kind of interesting in a way and they look it up. So that's kind of what I did, but I didn't try it for like three weeks. I, I kept saying, telling her, no, I won't try that. And she was like, well, you know, you could eventually play tournaments. And so three weeks later, I decided to give it a try. And I fell in love with the sport. I got a membership in Michigan at a private club because it was winter time. So I had to play indoor. So I got a membership and I started playing probably four to five times a week right away while I was helping Simone out with the team. And I flew. So I started playing in 2015. And a few months later, I flew out to Naples to play in the U.S. Open. And that was my first big tournament. And I, I just fell in love with the sport all over again. And I started playing, you know, once you do one tournament, you're, you know, you're hooked. That's, that's kind of what happened to me. And so I've been playing tournaments since then. Well, that's great. And I wanted to ask you, you were doing your fifth year at university, really working as a member of the coaching staff. When you were doing that and did you imagine that you would become a professional pickleball player? I never know. And it's crazy to think about it. Like it's crazy what happened, what has happened in the last five years that I'm to that, you know, that this is my life and I'm a professional pickleball player and full time being an athlete full time. That's 
kind of something I always hoped to do, to be able to do. And it's crazy to think that it's in, you know, pickleball and it's not tennis. I never thought I would be, you know, like it would be something that I would be able to do with pickleball. And what were your plans to do prior to playing pickleball? Um, I was thinking, I was studying uh, to become a psychologist or um, a sports psychologist. I always wanted to kind of do something with sports. So I was thinking, oh, I, I'm going to study f- to become a psychologist and then get a master and eventually yeah, try to become a sports psychologist. And, uh, but as you know, the, I, I started playing my fifth year and I gave the following year, once I graduated, I became a professional, not a, sorry, not a professional, a pickleball instructor in a private or sorry, more of a public space or public courts. And I eventually got some more offers from Engage. So that was one of the companies that sponsored me, Engage, you know, to be the pickleball director. So I, I could see myself kind of really like my career kept growing in a way into pickleball. So that's that's kind of why I, I stuck. I was considering staying with pickleball and see where it would guide me in a way. But I just, I never thought again that I would be this far with pickleball, which is great. Well, that's actually very interesting. My background is in sports psychology and I went to graduate school for that too. So I may circle back to that a little bit later in the discussion. But before we go on, go ahead and talk a little bit in terms of what you've accomplished because you already have won a number of significant tournaments. So go ahead and just tell us a little bit about your successes. I think one of my best results would be when I got silver at nationals in uh, the United States. I was playing with Jesse Irvin and uh, we lost to the Waters, the mom and the daughter, where their names are Anna Lee Waters and Lee Waters, which they're great players. We lost in three games in the final and that was my I would say what I'm the most proud of and one of my best results because all of the best pro pickleball players are were at that tournament. And uh, it's probably, in my opinion, one of the biggest, if not the biggest tournament of the year. So that happened in 2000 and let me see, not 20 because they was canceled, but 2019. And this past year, I partnered up with Simone Jardim, which is the currently the, the number one pickleball player and we won a few tournaments in mix. I've been doing well too. I would say I've been getting a third place in a several different professional tournaments. And, and yeah. Well, it sounds like I wanted to ask you too about the doubles play. You've had a number of, you know, it sounds like different women's partners and probably some mixed doubles partners too. How do you go about, you know, pairing up and choosing who you're going to play with each tournament? We actually talked about it probably a year before. So for me, I yes, I kept changing partners or not changing, but I, I was supposed to play a few with Corinne and then Corinne Carr and then a few with, you know, different partners. And kind of what happened with COVID, it was hard to keep track. Some players didn't want to travel anymore to some tournaments. Some players didn't have any partners anymore. 
And that's kind of like what happened with COVID. The partners got a little bit mixed up. But before that, you know, if, for example, for next year, my schedule is a little bit more, I'm playing with more specific players in a way. So I, I do half the year with Callie Smith and the other half the year I'm going to play with Jesse Irvin. And I'm playing mostly with mixed doubles with Steve Deacon, which is a Canadian player as well. And the other half, a few tournaments with Riley Newman. So the way it happened, you know, the way it happens usually is that you try to reach out to who you think you could do very well together and who you think you would have a good chemistry. For me, it's really important, the chemistry. If you partner up with somebody that you feel like is not, for example, I love to talk on the court. And if I play with somebody that doesn't like to talk or that's just, you know, it's just, this chemistry is just so important. You have to be good friends in a way to be able able to to have some success together. So that's what I look for. And then usually, yes, you just try to, let's say you want to play with a specific partner, you send out, you call them or you send out a text. Okay, do you want to plan for 2022? And um, I'm saying that because this is what's basically happening. My schedule is done for 2021, but now I kind of have to think ahead for 2022 if I want to pick you know, somebody specific. And the partners you mentioned are most likely located probably all over the U.S. and Canada. How does it work in terms of training together? This is, it's really hard. But now what we've been uh, seeing a little bit more is that people are becoming more full-time pickleball players. So they're willing to travel to your Uh, We're willing to travel a little bit more, you know, let's say we meet somewhere for a week and we practice together. But so I was supposed to do that with Cali the first week of January. But because of the rules here in Canada right now that I I have to quarantine for 14 days, I'm going to miss out on the opportunity to train with her. But I think that's what's happening with more of, you know, more of the professional players. They try to get together a few times a year you know, outside of the tournaments travelings, but they, they try to get together and try to, you know, practice together. I'm lucky because I have Simone in Naples. That's she's right next to me, probably lives two minutes away. So when we have a tournament coming up together, we like to practice, you know, a lot together. So that's that's really helpful. But for example, if I play with Steve Deacon, he's from Vancouver, it's a little bit more challenging to to play with him since he's like so far away. Me living in Naples, he, and again, he's in British Columbia. It's a little bit far. So sometimes we just try to play some games the day before we we actually play or compete together. So it, it, it's still a little bit challenging sometimes. Well, especially in those situations where you do have those challenges, how does it work in time in terms of, you know, doing some game planning, to discuss your opponents and decide on the strategy? We actually, we talk a lot through, you know, we either call each other or we can text or we try to get together the night of before, you know, before competing, we we go over planning or over, we don't go necessarily over the draw, but, and it can be also like the day of when we, we see the draw, we, we have our first opponents. Something I like to do is kind of, you know, go over the record. If I don't know them very well, I go over the record, see how they did against certain teams, and then talk with my partner and see if they've played them before. And then we try to come up with a plan. Sometimes, let's say we have a first round match, we win, 
or we lose, it doesn't matter, you know, depending on what happens, I like to go see my opponents or the match, the next, my next match, I like to go see them and watch them play live. And then we kind of, my partner and I, we discuss, you know, okay, this is what's happening. Maybe we should pick on that person or, you know, we try to plan from there, but it's still, it's, it kind of is a little bit challenging sometimes, but what's good now is that we have a lot of also videos online that we get to see, you know, it's still, it's still small, the professional uh, players, pickleball players, it's still a little bit of a small, I would say, not a lot of players are playing professionally. And so we know each other very well. We we play against, I play against the same players very often. So I know, we know what to do, you know, against certain players, but you, you have newer players now getting into the game. So it's a little bit more challenging sometimes to, to find a weakness. And at this point, do you prefer playing doubles or singles? I prefer playing doubles. I think it's it's a little bit more fun. Singles, it's it's really a grind. You you really have to work hard and mentally. It's a little harder too because you're by yourself and it's challenging physically. You really have to be to be fit and in good shape to to play singles. I love singles, but I if I were to you know if I had to pick, I would probably go with doubles. What do you think are the differences between the pro game and the amateur game at this point? I think one of the biggest difference when you you watch the lower level skill levels or amateurs, I think one of the biggest difference is that a lot of them like to hit hard or, you know, keep the same pace going throughout the whole point. As if you were to watch pro pickleball players, we are able to go from, you know, a bang, bang rally, like a very quick rally and be able to reset the ball back into play. And I think that's one of the biggest difference is that you see, you just, you see it's a quick game, but you also see people resetting. You know what I mean by resetting? Kind of like trying to absorb the point or absorb or block the ball back in the kitchen to build the point again but once you when you see the the amateurs what they like to do is kind of keep the the game and onto one pace if that makes sense that does absolutely i remember i was talking a few weeks ago with scott moore and we were talking a lot about the reset points and how that's so important as you get especially at higher levels yes yes it's so important it's very important if you just keep on, you know, hitting hard and try to overpower your opponents. It's it's hard. It's challenging to win that way. Well, one of the things I know is that from talking with you a little bit before we started the podcast is right now you're up in Montreal and you're in, in quarantine. So go ahead and talk a little bit about that and the type of training that you're doing to try and maintain your fitness. Yes, yeah, so I'm currently on my sixth day in Canada, and I don't know if you can hear. I have a, a French bulldog next to me. My dog, I brought my dog with me from the United States, so she's on vacation too with me while I'm quarantining, and she's currently snoring. I don't know if you can hear, but I just wanted to to let you know if you you hear snoring, it's it's my little dog. But yes, basically, I've been trying to stay fit because right now it's pretty cold. I'm quarantining in my parents' cottage, which is about an hour north of Montreal. And I cannot really go out and do much right now because of the the current restrictions in Canada. So I have to quarantine for 14 days. And I actually did not even bring my paddles with me 
I'm staying in Canada for 16 days. And what I've been trying to do is kind of just work out in my, on my first floor and the first floor. And what I do is I put a workout on TV. It's called a HIT workout. So it's an interval workout. So I go 40 seconds on, 20 seconds off. And I, I do that about for 25 to 30 minutes. And uh, that's really what gets my heart rate going. And I really try again to stay fit. So I don't, I don't lose any fitness because fitness is a big part of the pick, my pickleball game. That's what really, I feel like really improved my game in the past few, for the past year is working on my fitness and not just working on my pickleball game. And is, is that how you've modified your training regimen to do interval training? Has, has that been what's really improved your game? Yes, I would say yes, for sure doing a lot of uh, interval training. So a few, sometimes it's, it's a little shorter. Sometimes it could be 30 seconds on 20 seconds off, but I, I try to mix it up. And sometimes I really just go on YouTube and put, you know, interval workout and I go through different ones. So I don't, you know, I don't do the, the same ones and get sick of it, of them in a way. So I try to mix it up a little bit. And I would say that's probably one of the biggest thing that made a change in my game. And I also started doing more of, you know, wall sits, more abs workouts as well. But I would say a lot of legs, leg workouts, like wall sits are so important because you use a lot of legs when you play pickleball. So, so yeah. That training actually seems quite different than from perhaps what you were doing in tennis. Yes. Yep. I would say tennis was uh, a lot more. I remember in college, I used to do three times a, a week weights, and then I would do two times a week cardio. And I would say in pickleball, I probably do more cardio than weights, but I'm trying to, once I get back to uh, Naples, I'm probably going to go back on training a little bit more in a gym once everything, you know, once COVID is a little bit better, the cases are better. So I, I, I want to go back in, in the gym and do more weights just to get stronger, not only my, you know, my legs, but also my upper body. I think I'm going to go back and hit the gym and because cardio, yes, it's very important. But like I just said, it's also very important to be strong because you go along, we, we play long days. We go from 8 a.m. to, you know, 4 p.m. And I remember a few years ago when I first started playing, I used, I would get tired by 12 o'clock. And, you know, by the time it was, I was about to play for the third place or, you know, for bronze or for gold, I was just feeling very tired. But now I feel like I'm, I'm still okay by 12 o'clock or by 2 p.m. And, but I still, I still want to make sure I improve and feel even better by that time, if that makes sense. It does make a lot of sense. And it seems like as more and more players start coming into pickleball, you're going to continue to get pushed more and more and probably have to train even harder. Exactly. Yes. And this is actually what right now I'm teaching quite a lot and playing. I think, I believe I have 20 tournaments coming up on in 2021 and, but I'm slowly trying to get away from teaching and starting, I'm going to be starting working more on, you know, training, training more than teaching. So it's more of a full-time professional, you know, athlete in a way. 
Right. And it's great that the fact that a couple of pro tours are now out there so that you've got some events that have not too bad money. Right, right. It's for sure that that's what's helping. You know, if a few few years ago, I wouldn't be able to do what I can do right now or, you know, coming up because, yeah, the prize money was not as good. But now the prize money is really growing and the sport is just really growing as well. And it's just it's fantastic to see that. And it's yeah. again, I just I never thought I would be able to do what I'm doing right now. And it's great because that's that's what I always wanted to do be an athlete and you know play sports that's something I've always done since I was four so for me when I was done with tennis I just I was lost in a way and then until I found pickleball and I'm just super happy to be able to do what I'm what I do well earlier in the podcast we were talking about sports psychology probably would have been your fallback plan what was what's your interest in sports psychology I like to to read people's mind, not read people's mind, but I like to help people out, you know, when I see them being down on themselves or I just, I love helping other people getting better. And so that, that was kind of one of my biggest interests, you know, related to psychology, but also the fact that I, I wanted to be more specific and go into sports psychology, just because again, I, I just, I have a big background in sports and I wanted to be somewhat related to sport. And, and I was like, well, if I want to, I love helping people in general, you know, feeling better about themselves and trying to find solution to help them out, then I might as well do it in sports. And because that's something I have more experience with. And what mental performance type techniques do you use for yourself on the court when you're playing? I actually started doing more mindful or meditation, meditation. That's been helping me a lot too. Just trying to stay in the present, in the present moment versus, you know, getting lost and think about the future or thinking about the past, what you could have done better. And so I really try when I'm on court, try to be more mindful or, you know, try to stay more in the present moment. And that's really something that helped me. And that's meditation that really helped me staying in the present moment. And yeah, again, if I have little techniques, you know, once I find myself thinking about, oh, I'm about to win against this player, this is, you know, this is big, I got to do something, I have to make sure it happens, then I try to, I have little techniques to bring me back to the present moment. And you do meditation, like true, like transcendental meditation when you're off the court? Uh, yes, I do it off the court. I would say I do it, I like to do it at first thing in the morning. I'm a morning person and I like to wake up and I might do, there's some, I have some techniques that you can actually walk outside and you count your steps as you're, you're walking. There's some that you just kind of, you sit straight up on your bed and you close your eyes and you start counting. Or sometimes you just, you have to just start thinking about or try to listen to what's going on outside your apartment, my apartment or just inside. And, and sometimes it's you're trying to, you're just sitting in the dark and you close your eyes and you just try to, anything that's coming to your mind, you try to, to push it away from your, for your, from your mind. So that sounds like the mindfulness that you were talking about, where essentially you're trying to clear your mind. Exactly. You're trying to, yes, yes, because I'm, I'm a big time 
Sometimes I think too much on the court and it, you cannot think too much when you play pickleball because pickleball is such a quick game. You, you don't have time to think in a way. That's true. There's definitely a lot of reaction. Yes, yes. I mean, you, you can think, but you cannot start. You have to think about your strategy and your your decisions, but you cannot start thinking about, you know, this is who I'm going to play next if I win or if we don't get this point where you know, it's match point for them. You you don't have time to think about that because it's so quick. So you have to make sure you're in the present moment to make right decisions. Well, good point. And I've just got a couple questions to finish up with. And one of them is, which pickleball paddle do you use now and why? I currently use the Paddletech Tempest Wave 2. I actually go back and forth between the that one, the Wave 2, or the Tempest, still a Paddletech, Paddletech Tempest Wave Pro. I go back and forth. They're very similar. They they feel super soft when you play. You feel the ball in your paddle, and I love that. You you feel it you know, for a long time in your paddle, and I feel like I can really guide it very well. It's really well known for control. It doesn't have as much power as other paddles, but I really think for me personally, I, I think control is more important. Um, than power because I can add the power by getting stronger. But yes, that's the reason why I love my paddle. And why do you go back and forth between the two different paddles? Because sometimes I was actually I was playing in a tournament in Vegas in the PPA championship in Vegas. And I after one I lost with Riley Newman, we lost to Jesse Irvin and Jeffrey Warnick. And I felt like my I was not hitting deep enough with my paddle, but it was super windy too. And the Wave 2 is known, the, the one that I, I was playing with a Wave Pro, you know, during that tournament. And then now I've been trying or switching to the Wave 2. The Wave 2, I find it that it has a little bit more power. So that's what helps me get guiding the ball a little bit deeper in a way, not with not as much effort. So that's kind of why I'm going back and forth. Just I'm trying to see which paddle switch, you know, fits me, which paddle is better for me. Right. That makes sense. And so this has been great having you on the Pickleball Fire podcast. Tell me if somebody wants to reach out to you, where's the best place to contact you? Probably one of the best place would be on uh, my athlete page on Facebook which is uh, my first name and last name. So Catherine Parento, then Dash Pickleball Pro. I'm often on Facebook or you can follow me on Instagram as well. I have an Instagram account, but I would say probably the easiest way would be on Facebook. And you can also add me as a friend on my personal page and send me a, a message there as well. All right. Well, great, Catherine. I appreciate your time and so much and being on the show. Of course. Thank you so much, Lynn, for having me. All right. Well, that was great. Just to follow up before I forget, do you have a, a picture or two you can send me? I'd like to add it to the podcast page and to the probably the article that I write up too. Uh, a picture? Yes. Yes, yes. I have some. Yes, I can send you some pictures. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Appreciate that. Awesome. Well, good, good. This was really, this was great. And I probably... This will be out sometime in January. I will definitely let you know when it comes out and give you 
a link to the podcast. Perfect. Sounds good. Sorry, <laughs> my dog. <laughs> I if you can hear my dog. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I did that. I did that time, and it was funny because when you were talking about him snoring earlier, I I could. It was it was almost like he put the mic up to a. To oh no! Sleep <laughs> next to me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was so cute. I mean, it actually, it wasn't very loud, and it didn't last very long. So okay, good. <laughs> it, was, good. it was all good. All good. But now that's another one. That's my parents' dog. That is because I closed my door, and now he's. He's trying. He's crying because he wants to get in. <laughs> so, oh, oh he sounds like one of my cats. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I'll send you uh, a few pictures. You need two, two pictures. Yeah, yeah, a, a couple would be great. Like a action shot or. Yeah, yeah, action shots are great. So yeah, and you know, if you've got a few, just send me what you have, and I can you know put it put together the, the post or the um, article. Perfect. Sounds good. Thank you so much. That was fun. Okay, we'll take care. And uh, yeah, I know it's tough. Uh, well, I don't know, because I've never done it. I'm sure it's tough quarantining. But anyways, keep keep busy and keep fit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank All you right. so much. Bye bye. You too. Happy holidays. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five star review on Apple iTunes. 